We are in a series with a topic of prophecy. We've been there since January. And we've been looking in different places of the Bible of what God speaks to us about, about our lives and about our future. And within that series, we have uh, begun a study of the end times. And even more specifically, for three weeks, the rapture. And what the Bible says to us about the rapture of the church. This is the third week in this mini-series within our series about the rapture and what it means. Probably all of us, most of us, if not all of us, have heard that term rapture many times. Maybe you've listened to sermons, maybe you've read books, maybe you've studied it, and maybe you just know it's kind of a far-off, a little bit of far-off idea of something that the Bible talks about in the future. Well, this morning in this third message about the rapture, I want to talk about the rapture and what the Bible says about it so that we can maybe have a clearer picture. The church has always been living in the end times. I said two weeks ago when we talked about the things written in the New Testament about the end times that uh, the church is living in the end times. The church has always believed that. You read the thinkers and the writers and the fathers and people from every century of the church. There's always been a sense that the church is living in the end times. And that's a part of what I think about when I think about the end times and where we're at. I do believe that the church is in the end times. I believe that things are happening so fast in our world that it is pointing to a conclusion soon and a bringing about of what God says will happen at the end times. In a sense, all the words that we read about Jesus and we read as we studied in Matthew chapter 24 and 25 a few weeks ago, we've, uh, in a sense... Jesus seems to be saying to me, to the church today, that the end could come at any moment. And every generation has thought that and believed that. The end times, as we think about it, the term, the end times, I I know it has a lot of connotations. And there are more books written about the end times than any other topic of the Christian faith. And we've come to this series, and in part because I wanted to... to, uh, Talk about what the Bible does tell us about the end times and about the rapture. As I said, most of you have all heard that word before and you have some understanding that it means something about Jesus coming back and things changing drastically. We're told that that the rapture is Christ's return, His first return. We think of His rapture and then we think of what many people use as the term as the second coming. The rapture, I understand, if I understand correctly, the chronology and the time of the New Testament, the rapture is the first event. It's the beginning of a series of events that I will call, and and I believe Jesus describes as the end times. Jesus said that He would come back. He said that He would come back and at some point take the believers to heaven. And so when we think about the rapture, we think of that as being the, the first, the initial Um, the event that takes place that leads into what the term, I believe, is used, the second coming. The second coming, there are many, many, many events. I've listed just four of them there, but just to kind of get us thinking, again, you have the rapture, and you have then later the second coming, a time of tribulation that will be far greater and unprecedented compared to what's already happening. 
I think we live in a tribulation now. The tribulation is a term we use, but it's obvious that our world is, is full of trouble and tribulation. And yet the term is also used about a future time that will be unprecedented. And the book of Revelation tells us about that and many events that take place during that time. I believe that, that we are at that point when the tribulation may take place and could take place. You have the tribulation, seven years, and, and then uh, uh, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and many other final judgment and things that are talked about in the book of Re- Revelation. I hope that over the months of July and August, we're going to continue into several weeks in the book of, of Revelation. You can spend a lifetime there, but I want to choose about five or six Sundays to talk about the end times in the book of Revelation And what I believe God says to me about it and helping the church, the body of Christ to be ready. I do believe, and I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. There's nothing else that needs to happen before the rapture of the church. I don't know of a single thing in the Bible that tells us that there's anything yet to happen before the rapture of the church. That doesn't mean it's going to happen today. Doesn't mean it's going to happen this month. Doesn't mean it's going to happen in our lifetime. But there's nothing in the Bible that tells me that the rapture is any further away than the second that God the Father has planned and called it to be. I think for one thing, then that should cause us to think about these things and read these things. Why do we read about the second coming in these unique places in the Bible? At at some point, we're at that point. Matthew chapter 25 was our topic for two Sundays. And we read about Jesus' words about the end of time. And He spoke about His return and some of the things that we can expect in the end times. If you want to know the heart of Jesus about what He said about the end times, read Matthew chapter 24 and 25. It will give you so much to think about. Chapter 24 is the the teaching, the specifics, the ideas, the kind of the theology. Chapter 25 are three parables that Jesus tells all about what He wants us to be thinking about as we think about the end times. Here's some things that we read that Jesus taught us. Number one is, no man knows the time. Jesus said it five different times. No person knows the time. Only the Father in heaven. There's a reason why no man knows the time. God does not want us to be focused on when it is. God wants us to be focused on being ready for when it happens. The date is chosen. I can promise you that God has chosen a date. We're told that. Only the Father knows. God knows the year. God knows the month. God knows the day, the hour, and the minute. And just as every event in human history has a chronology and a specific time, so will the rapture. Everything in your life has a certain time to it. The day you were born, the moment you were born, the moment you went to school, the moment you threw your first snowball, the moment you did everything in your life is part of human history. The rapture will become a part of human history and it will have a date and a time. It as sure and as set as every detail of your life. We don't know when it is. I don't know how soon it will be. But I know that God has determined the date. There are signs. Matthew chapter 
24 and we read them. We're not going to go into them again, but there are signs that have been fulfilled about the coming of the end. The two things that Jesus and I believe the scriptures tell us that we need to always hold on to when we think about the end times and about the rapture is number one, he calls us to be ready. That's what the parables were about. Be ready. Be ready for that moment when it takes place. It could happen in your lifetime. It could happen in the next year. It could happen a long time from now. But what Jesus tells us to do, and the Scripture tells us to do, is to be ready. The parables are about being ready. Knowing that at any moment, it could take place. He also tells us to be focused. Focused on the mission. We talk about what's going to happen in the rapture. We're reminded, and that's what the parables are about, is being about what He's called us to do. He's asked us and told us to be ready and to be watching and our lives to be in order for that day to happen and what God is going to do then. Why does God give us all this? What is His purpose? We have been told pretty clearly in several scriptures what the purpose of hearing about the rapture in the end times are. These are the biblical reasons for the purpose. We're told very clearly. And I'll have to say... The purposes of us having this from God in the Scripture is not to scare us. It's not to make you go around and afraid when Jesus is coming back. It's not to cause you to live your life, if you're a Christian, in fear of what's going to happen at all. That is not the purpose. And sometimes people use that to, to hype and sensationalize the whole subject of the end times because they want to create fear in people. For God's people, we do not need to be afraid. God tells us and gives us His truth because He wants to encourage us. I read that scripture in 1 Thessalonians a little bit ago. Encourage one another with these words. Another thing I want to say about God's purpose is it's not to draw our focus to the end times and the rapture and off of the mission of the church and the body of Christ. Our mission is to tell people about Jesus. And to live out that faith. It is not to talk about the end times. It is not to obsess about the details and what this beast is and what this timing is and what that is and what this isn't and what this isn't. I believe this and my church stands for that and my theology is this. That is not why we have the book of Revelations. And honestly, it breaks my heart when I see sometimes the focus is on that instead of being the church. And calling people to live a righteous life in faith before Him. These are the two purposes in our two primary passages today. 1 Thessalonians 4, I read it already. I'll just read that again. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And then from 1 Corinthians, and we're going to read this scripture in a few minutes, the whole scripture. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. That's what the Bible says is the purpose of what God tells us about the end times. And so, if you are distracted by the sensationalists out there and those that want to talk and talk and talk and talk about what is this and where and why, that is off base to the purpose of the end times that God teaches us about. There is a reason for every word of Scripture. I believe that so strongly. 
And I believe that when we talk about the end times, we've got to make sure that our focus and our heart are on the things that God wants us to be focused on. It's to encourage us. It's to encourage the early church. You go back to the setting of the early church. You go back to the first century. You go back to these days after Jesus went into heaven and you had the day of Pentecost and the church spread and then the gospel went into Asia. Paul and others and the disciples that went all over preaching the gospel. They all had questions. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen to the church? They knew the words of Jesus when he said, I'm coming back. And so they wondered, well, well, when? And what should we expect? And there was confusion and there was so much false teaching. And so I believe that's part of the reason why we have these two passages from the church to the church at Thessalonica and the church to Corinth. There was a lot of speculation about what was going to happen next. And so Paul gave us these words, I believe, from the heart of God. It was to encourage the church. It was to help us to stay on focus, stay on what God wanted us to do and what I wanted us to be. Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter 24 that there would be many, many deceptions and deceivers and false teaching about his return. And about many things. That's part of the subject of Matthew chapter 24 is beware in the end times there'll be many deceivers. I think perhaps the biggest deception of all, and Jesus referred to it, so that's a reason why I think that, is this. It will be like in the days of Noah. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 24. It will be as in the days of Noah. If you go to that next slide. You know in the days of Noah, what was it like? You had seven people who made it on the ark. Again, the flood, the ark is an event with a date. I don't know what the date was. Just like the date of your birth. And the date of everything in your life. You know the people in Noah's day? I don't even know what Noah's family really thought and believed. But the people in Noah's day, I believe that would never happen. There's no way this is going to happen. There's no way it's going to, well, they thought, there's no, what's rain, you know? Anyway, they had no idea. Noah preached for a hundred years, we're told. They had no belief that it was actually going to happen. And that day and that moment, when the heavens opened up and it rained, it brought such a change to the history of mankind and the earth. If you believe that God's Word is true, and you believe that God speaks to us, and you hear the story of the flood, that's the story that Jesus relates in Matthew chapter 24 when He says it will be as in the days of Noah. People will be out there living and working, and they, many of them, most of them, will not believe it's going to happen. But the day of the rapture is going to come just like the day of God's judgment in the days of Noah. It will happen and there's a date. I don't know the date. God does not want us to know the date. But the date is set in heaven. The date is set by the Father. People, many people will not believe it will ever happen, but it will on God's timetable. And so that just reminds me kind of as an aside today, there's no one here today. There's no one here who can hear these words and old enough and no one here today can say you've not been told. 
That's kind of heavy to me when I think about that. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe I don't preach about the end and judgment enough. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. All of us today have an opportunity to choose to believe what God has said is true. All of us today have the same opportunity to believe, to take the step of faith. To say, God, I sure don't understand this, this whole thing. But I believe you exist. Hebrews chapter 11 says, and I believe that you're a rewarder of those who seek you. Today, if you seek God with your heart, He will fill you with your spirit, with His Spirit. And He will put you on a journey to help you for your faith to grow stronger. You won't have all the answers. Nobody does. But if you're here today, I just want to say to you, today's an opportunity you have to make that decision and make that choice and say, yes, I'm going to take God at His word. I'm going to trust that Jesus died for my sins. Today, I'm going to take that step. There's no decision more important to you in the day that we live in is the, the choice of your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It could be very soon. Jesus, adding to what I'm saying, chapter 24, and then we're going to move on to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 24. This is as part of one of the, the parables I told you. These parables are priceless. Man, you've got to read and you've got to study these parables. And the context of where Jesus and when Jesus set up. He said, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. That's what Jesus said. Keep watch because you do not know the day that your Lord will come. Some things about the rapture specifically. It could be very soon. I've said that and I'll say it all my life. There's two basic scriptures that tell us about the rapture in the New Testament. So if you're looking for well, what do we believe and where does it come from? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I believe, and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Those are the two passages. There's some other ones that maybe are not as direct and may well be related. But if you're wondering where does the Bible tell us about the rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I already read First uh, Thessalonians 4 earlier. I want to read four verses from First Th- uh, Corinthians chapter 15. And these two together, I believe, will tell us. I'm only going to read part of the Scripture. There's the, the whole chapter if you want the whole context. Chapter 15, verse 50 says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised. And we will all be changed. And then look with me at verse 58. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm and let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know 
that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Again this morning, what is the purpose? Stand firm. Give yourself fully to the work. Understand the reason why Paul even writes about this. Stand firm. Understand the purpose. Understand the meaning. There certainly are so many mysteries about the rapture in the end times. And I wouldn't begin to even think that I can cover half of them or even far less than that. There are a lot of mysteries and unknowns. But there are a lot of things that God tells us about it. We look just a little bit into God's amazing plan of the rapture. I think Andy Griffith may have said it the best. When he and Opie were out talking and Opie said to him, "Uh, Paul, when is Jesus coming back? And Andy said, I don't rightly know, Opie. You see, we're not on the planning committee. We're on the welcoming committee. There's a difference on those two committees. Big difference. We are here to respond to the plan of God in His future. We don't have it all figured out. We don't understand it all. But God does. And we're here to look forward to it and be excited about it. Think about it. But we're not here to plan it. Some things about the rapture specifically. Number one, the rapture is thoroughly planned by the Creator in every detail. We don't know all the details. We know some things about it. We know that the Creator is the giver of life. He's the one that spoke the world into existence. He's the one that created genetics and the amazing, incredible life in animals and plants. And then in the one that He made in His own image, mankind. Do you think the Creator is not capable of planning the end too? Do you believe you were made by God? Do you believe in the Creator today? If you do, I... It's so convincing to me. The end times are confusing. And boy, a lot of things I don't know. But I can tell you the same one who created your life. And gave you life. Is planning for all of eternity. All of eternity. All of eternity. He is the controller of eternity. The rapture will be sudden. It will be unexpected. I don't know quite. It almost sounds like we're told over and over again that even those that are looking for it won't be expecting it. You have know, people say some pretty crazy things. Okay, I don't believe it's ever going to happen. That way I know it'll come. You know, It will take place and it will be sudden. And life will change. The world will change. History will change. The day is coming. The rapture will take place, as I've said, at a specific time. The year, the month, the hour, the day. Just like every event that took place in the Bible. The day that Adam and Eve were made. The day that God called Abram. 
The day that Moses led the people out of Israel. The day that King David took the throne. The day that King David died. All through the Bible, events and moments and days. I think we ought to see the rapture in the same way. It's going to come when God's ready. As every event in church history and human history, it will be a beautiful time for for Christians. Not a time to fear if you're a believer and you're a Christian. Don't need to be afraid. There's nothing about the end times in our day that Christians need to be afraid of. Those that are saved after the rapture, it will be a different world. God has a plan for that too, and that's coming in a few weeks. But for you today, if you're a believer, there's nothing to be afraid of. Certainly stuff to wonder about and have a lot of questions about. The fifth thing I want to say about the rapture, close to closing this morning, is this. It will unleash the rapture will tribulation unlike anything else before. You think you have it bad now. You think our world's in trouble now. You think the violence in our country is bad now. You think the injustices of the past are adding up now. The book of Revelation describes this time period after the rapture. God knows two things specifically happen at the rapture I want to make sure that we understand that number one is the graves will be opened every person that has died in the history of mankind somehow God's going to raise from the dead from the cemeteries to the oceans from the bones from the ashes the Bible seems to say that in that moment every dead person who is pleasing to God will be raised to a new life and taken to heaven. New body. What kind of body? I don't know. We learn things about Jesus' body when we read Matthew and the early or the end of the Gospels and what He was like. First thing that will happen is suddenly the graves will be opened. Man, can you imagine your families of believers the little ones it's a mystery I wouldn't begin to boy it's something to think about it's as real as your birth and the moments of your life The second thing that will happen after the graves are open is the Bible describes this incredibly unbelievable event that every remaining Christian God will take to heaven in an instant, in a heartbeat, or as Corinthians says, with a, a trumpet sound, the blink of an eye. I don't know if you remember, several months ago I had up on the screen the blink of an eye because we were, we were in Daniel and talking about some things there. You know how fast the blink of an eye is? 
I forget now. What, what number did I tell you? How many times you blink a day? Is it 20,000 or something? I, I can't remember exactly, but something like that. Say it's 20,000 times. Which, that's what the Bible says about it, to help us to get an idea of how sudden it will be this big change in the blink of an eye. Which one of your 20,000 blinks? That's just an incredible scripture to me. I just, I love it. I think about it in the blink of an eye. Jesus will suddenly appear. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Jesus will suddenly appear. And the rapture will become a part of human history. Would you stand please? Acts chapter 1 verse 11. The day Jesus uh, ascended to heaven on the Mount of Olives. Disciples were with him. He was teaching. All of a sudden he was gone. It just... That same Jesus, the two men in white said, who had been taken from you into heaven, <coughs> will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Somehow, as real as the ascension of Jesus was to heaven will be the rapture of the church when he comes back. Just as Jesus was taken, he's going to come back. All will be able to see him somehow. And God's people will be taken to heaven. I want you to know what the Bible says about the rapture. And I want you to be ready. I want you to be aware of the mission that God gives to you as a Christian. The purpose of the church. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken that step of faith. I want to invite you today as you think about the rapture. What a day to become a Christian. What a day to make the decision and say, you know, I'm thinking about it. I've thought about it. I've heard about it. And today I hear a little bit more. And maybe today I'm ready to step out and say, Jesus, I don't have it all figured out, but I, I want you. I want to know what truth is. I want to be ready. I want somehow to understand what eternity is. just want to say to you, today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to make a decision. Pray and say, Jesus, would you come into my heart and forgive me for my sins? Would you help me to be ready for that day? Would you help me to understand what you want me to about the end times and about my life now? This is the first time I've preached on the end times in a long time. thinking what better day in your life to be ready for Jesus to come than when you hear about the rapture of the church. If you want to pray today, the altar is always open.
altar is a place to come and pray. Sometimes you want somebody to come and pray with you. I love to pray with you if you want to. Maybe right where you're at. Just want to open your heart to God and say, God, I'm asking you today to forgive me for my sins, to make me clean, to make me new again. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this great scripture. These scriptures from Corinthians and Thessalonians and the words of Jesus and elsewhere, God. How incredibly they paint a picture when you put them all together of the plan of God, the mysteries of God, those things that we've heard about and we might see in the news and we certainly hear people make claims about the end times, some of which may be absolutely right and some might not be. God, I pray that our heart would be tender before you. I pray that every man and woman that's here today would take one moment at least and say, God, what do you want me to do? Help me to make the decision and take the step and take the choice, make the choice to follow you and respond to your salvation. To know why Jesus came the first time was to prepare us to know that He died for our sins and He rose to new life. Oh God, may that truth of salvation speak deeply to who we are in this life, in this world, in 2021 that has so much to think about, I pray. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your faithfulness today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. So glad that you've been here. May God bless you and watch over you. And uh, no service tonight. Enjoy a picnic or whatever you're going to do. And hope to see you Wednesday night if you can, 6 o'clock, for uh, a special time together. God bless. Bye-bye.